It's Tuesday night. On an actual Tuesday night for the first time in a month. We're in Kensington, Maryland, in the champagne room of Basement Podcast Studios. This is the Audible. He is Kevin Ricca. Very happy to be here. He is Tim Strachan. I can't tell you. I can't wait to tell you what I want. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you want. I'm Ken Marangolo. This is our weekly off-season on the brink, and where we're proud to uh, welcome in our friends, Pete Schwetti. What's up, boys? We have Brian Stabby uh, behind the camera. Howdy doody. And don't don't sleep on PJ hanging out for the evening. Um, we're going to start the way we always prefer to start when we have been starting as throw a preposition or two in there um, plead the first last week Tim went first so this week classic leadoff man Kevin that. Ricca you're up well uh, I was inspired by an article written today by John Kime and I did some research onto it and I'm going to talk about the legendary humble strength of Samaje Pirine uh, it was written that two summers ago on campus at Oklahoma, a woman had a flat tire and, and no jack. Uh, at nighttime, Samaje saw her outside struggling. He decided to go over to help, realized she had no jack. Now, it was a smart car. He estimated it was about 1,500 pounds. But this gentleman two-handed lifted the rear of the car over his head for the allotted time it took to change a tire. Now, there was no NASCAR people around, and I'm sure this lady was the one having to do it all, but... One of the other running backs saw it and said, man, this guy picked up a car last night and tried to say he didn't. Uh, teammates have spoken about him. They don't know whether he's more humble or, or, or more strong. The strongest man at Oklahoma in the, in the strength coach's career, Jerry Schmidt, has said, uh, you know, his legs are the size of tree trunks. His low center of gravity is ridiculous. Some O-linemen can match his bench, which they got at uh, 440 pounds, 50 more than Adrian Peterson, they described. But no one has come close to his 600-pound squat, his 380-pound clean, and as a man who has never lifted weights and will continue to never lift weights, those numbers are far beyond, well, well, like, you're going to be a big weightlifter, T. Uh, Those numbers are are blowing me out of the water. I've never never heard anything like that. 600-pound squat to me is insane. Um, But the the whole conversation got me to do a little research and check out. His mom has said she never had to discipline this man once. Not a, not a time. Uh, the principal, she said, yeah, he went to the principal's office to drop off his jersey on Fridays, every Friday, which became a ritual in high school, so the principal could proudly wear it every Friday. His jersey. This is the guy the principal wants to wear his jersey. This is the guy that his teammates call. He's a slash between the Incredible Hulk and Superman. Uh, I mean, defensive players are scared of him on, on, on his own team at Oklahoma for years. Some of the quotes they talk about, they call him humble, reliable, hardworking, energetic, polite, gracious, poised, and mature. Uh, they like to call him the humble beast. Gentlemen, I love that this is the guy who we're going to put the rock in hand for the next four or so years, especially in the red zone. I think we got a guy, and I'm very excited about the humble beast. Humble beast. You get to follow uh, up humble that's beast. That's exciting, team. though. Yeah. No, I mean, was, uh, but, I mean, a car is a car, first of all. I don't care <laughs> if it's a smart car. Uh, as long as it's not Jerry's car from Tom and Jerry's, uh, it's a pretty impressive thing to do. And, I mean, all those characteristics and everything, it, it just, again, I think fits into the theme, of my, in my opinion, of this team of guys who, are, who fit a mold of, like, maturing, becoming professionals, you know, that, that whole sort of building, you know, the right team. It, it, he's, a, he's a piece of that. It's exciting. 
What do you got for your plead the first tonight? For my plead the first, I cannot believe I'm going to do this, but in, in keeping with the theme of pleading the first, um, I'm going to call you out, Daniel Snyder, and I'm going to say the, the people of Redskins Nation actually want to hear from you. Where are you? Say something. I mean, of anything short of coming out with a deal has been made with Kirk Cousins, you're probably the only person who could actually provide a little bit of hope to the fan base. And it's ironic because you're actually hated. You're hated by the super majority of the people who support this team. And yet you are probably a person who can provide that hope that we all are always looking for. I mean, you know, and because you're hated, the, 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 the frustrations, let's just put it all into one word, uh, to address the frustrations, you can actually come out and do what everybody wants you to do and wants this organization to do, and that is say something about this Kirk Cousins deal. Say something about the future of this team that's going to make people excited and have hope that you're going to do the right thing. Why you haven't done it by now, I don't know, and everybody suspects you are the one that's behind this because that's what everybody does. That's why everybody can't stand you. But do something right. And you talk about being a marketer, a guy who can, you know, get a lot of money. You're lucky you have you on the Redskins because this is a loyal fan base. And as Ken Marangola would say, irregardless of irregardless. the fact that you are the owner of this team, this fan base supports it in spite of that. And if you are a true marketer, you would go out there and give this fan base a little bit of hope and provide that sort of comfort that I think everybody really wants to hear or else you're going to continue to get buried as the owner of this team and hated even more in this town and if you want that that's fine live a long quiet you know lonely cold death but Ugh. do something for the burgundy and gold wow. all right well his money could make a huge difference uh in our fortunes um the, the team's fortunes no pun intended so that is true um and maybe we can get him to say his his next words on here after all uh, Hogshaven did interview him that one year when he all, like did no other interviews. The guy definitely doesn't do a lot of interviews, um, and he tries to wield that access with like uh, you know to get something out of it, you know. And and maybe maybe this maybe this year is the is the Audible's year to interview him. Who knows? I, I just want to know what did you give him? Uh, we gave him we gave we kind of gave him an idea of what we were going to be talking about beforehand, which is probably the only way. Some we, tells me that's not all. Oh no, that was it. That was it. <laughs> I'll keep mine brief, briefer than last week uh, for my plead the first. I'm, Thank God. I'm going to go Jay Gruden. I think this is the beginning of a pretty interesting era for Washington Redskins football, and I think it, against the backdrop of, of whether we're going to have Kirk or not, it's also an interesting uh, way to frame up the Jay Gruden conversation because I think it's – first, first coach Snyder is extended – Two, two winning seasons. He's an offensive guy. He's got a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. A couple good position coaches that probably are going to make a big difference, like Jim Tom Sula. Um, he's got, his quarterback's going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. Maybe they fix the red zone stuff. They're probably going to do better than they did last year. I think Jay Gruden starts to look like the guy who you start to hear people make the argument next year that it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Because he's the kind of because he, he's a program guy, and now, and we're possibly on the front side of, of, of a legitimate NFL program, um, with a little bit of stability on the sidelines, 
and potentially, even more importantly, stability um, in terms of ideology. Like, how is this team going to be run offensively and defensively? We haven't had that. I mean, we haven't, we haven't really ever had that. Um, so, this is a big season for Jay Gruden. I think he's the he's, – I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat, um, but I would say that this is a huge year in the long-term direction of, of the Redskins. If he has a big year, you could be looking at a team that's going to, you know, totally – cast their their 10-year lot with this guy. They're going to they're go down the road with him uh, if he can prove that, that he's going to be a, um, you know, a, a solid head coach. I, I think that's what he gets to the extension. He wins with Kirk. He win, may, potentially wins without Kirk or has to try and win without Kirk. This is a big Jay Gruden season, in my opinion. And uh, it's not, I don't think anyone's really talking about it enough. Um, but um, probably rightfully so, because Kirk Cousins is, is, the, uh, is, is the conversation these days. Well, if you extend them, you can clean up the NFC East. That we're, that we're sure of. That's a fact. I, I've said it early. Jay, in my opinion, I've never had a problem with him. At first, I wasn't sure. He was young. Was he, was he capable of taking over you know, at the helm? I think he's kind of proven that. And, and we talked again. I want to go back to the theme I just said about P. Ryan and his character. The fact that these Grudens have groomed their own through that Gruden camp or whatever in terms of coaches these guys are guys that know each other know how they want to work together how they think uh how they attack you know scheming and planning and stuff like that this is all thought out you know and i think you're right it's a big year for him because i think he can continue to show that this is on it on the right path and his swagger matches all of it. I told you, boys, at that Love golf it. tournament, watching him walk through those doors. It's, it's boyish. Just talking to everyone. But, yeah. hey, I'm biased. Uh, son of a coach, way different level. Uh, but as the son of a coach, you know, we ate. Our family ate because of this sport. This is, what, this is what supported us. This is why we went to school. He's from that same school of thought. And I really, I think I agree with him on a lot of the situations he's handled. Coming up that way, you're just born and bred a different way. And... The guy is a second-chance guy. It's not with an iron fist. It's a football fist, and he understands the politics of the game. He's right in smack dab of it. He's gotten his extension. He's walking around with his chest puffed. He's lost a couple LBs. He's out there talking a little smack, and I can't wait to see what he's got planned as the play caller. Yeah, and it's shocking. As far as, as far as like the hierarchy of decision-making is concerned in Washington, you, you had to believe McLovin was somewhere uh, on, on the top rung or near the top rung, and... and Wherever Jay Gruden was, he's a he's one rung higher, um, and I think the, his rung is, is is pretty far up there. Um, I don't know, it's just it's just so different. I mean, I remember when it was Dan, Vinny, Sonny, Joe Theismann, and and whoever else you know drinking Evan Williams and making decisions and signing free agents to ridiculous contracts and playing fantasy football with a real football team, and we had to sit through all that. I just I think. Well, I think Doug Williams, by the way, has a lot to say about uh, what what how good Jay Gruden is going to be um, over the next five seasons. But I don't know. I, I I think I think that there's so much that's not happening right now behind the scenes that used to happen on the regular. And that's not even saying that we're cleaned up or like the Redskins are some model organization because they're not. I mean, stupid drama has still found a lot its way of frustrations here. in this oh, yeah. team. But it's still just a higher level of shenanigans. Just look at the ups <laughs> and, and downs well, leading up to the to the draft. I mean, with the whole McLovin thing and all that. I mean, there's there's I feel still like so that, much crap. I feel like going that on. happened twenty years ago. 
That's how I feel because now we got the tripod in full effect. Because we have other we stuff. We just talked about the tripod. Yeah. We, we used got, to only have that Jay stuff. And Doug and Eric Schaefer's been no joke dealing with this mess for 14 yeah. years with his head above water, oh, yeah. well respected. And, and, and you know what? You got you to gotta, you gotta be Kirk Cousins to look around and see that Trent Williams is going to be there for the next four years. You got to see on the other side of the ball. We're set up with this O line, we're set up with weapons. Jordan Reed ain't going anywhere. Uh, it, it, there's no place like home, and he is the linchpin. And I hope he's looking around at this. It's all about continuity. And if we can put this together for four more years with eight or nine starters on defense set right now, with eight or nine on offense right now, Kirk Cousins as the linchpin, the key to the continuity for the immediate and the duration of his contract, whatever it may be, we become way more exciting to these free agent options that we're going to have, even if it's Terrell Pryor or Jamison Crowder after season two. Uh, there's a lot that he needs to look at and say, if I love football so much, and I'm sorry to get into him, but I'm talking about where the Redskins are right now, and I like it. Coach extended. Staffs in place. Left tackle in place. Right. Dominant cornerback in place. O-line in place. Young, young defensive starters yeah. and young defensive talent in place. Yeah. Whatever's happened, whatever, if it's you know so much this McLovin or this much Jay Gruden, whatever that combo was has left us right here where we are, and it's, it's damn positive. Well, for so long, we only had the frustrations. Now we have in between the frustrations or sometimes even overcoming the frustrations are the positive things about this organization. And we've talked about how they're ascending right now. And this is a huge year because even though they had two back-to-back winning seasons, let's be honest, I mean, 8-7-1. It's a winning season. It's a winning season. It counts. The first time in 20 years it has to count. They need to make the next step. Absolutely. They need to make the next step and actually not just get in it. You know, that not just get into the playoffs or just barely get into the playoffs. This is where they need to make a big step. It's where a tie helps a good team, Kevin Ricca. Yes. Listen, also, first of all, Keegan. In the champions. Those hairs are silver, <sighs> dog. Keegan, listener in chief. This isn't Keegan's town. Keegan's in tin. Mm. We'll work oh, on that God. one. Let's go to the six-pack. Now, we, I, I don't know. We're jumping right into, like, pre-training camp stuff. I'm going to skip over. I mean, do you want to talk about a guy that you think, um, or let's say a position group where you think that there's going to be the hardest decision to make uh, in training camp, um, potentially with the guy, the, the extra guy that you end up keeping at the end. I think that's kind of the direction I was going in, um, you know, with that one. I don't know. I, I, that, there's, there's just, you can keep, keep 90 guys now. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. But what we're talking but about is But it's still got to get down to 53. Correct? Because I'm telling you right now, that log jam, and you guys know how I feel about the tight end position, but that log jam at safety right now is crazy, man. Uh, Cravens and Swearinger as the starters with D. Hall and Blackman backing them up. Is there any more room for any of these other guys that we you know. got? These exciting young guys. We got, you know, uh, Harvey Clemens. We draft Nicholson as high as anyone imagined he could be drafted. You got Everett still sitting there. Josh Everett's been beating around for a second. And Fish Smithson. Yes, I said Fish it. Smithson. Because I wanted to say it. That is a sicko, you know, sicko group right there. That is. How that many is. slots and how many special teams guys, and that's going to directly affect the tight end group that one of you guys can take because I do believe Niles Paul is going to be not coming out on, on the edge anymore. Yeah. I think it's because of the, the, group, the guys in that safety group that play the special teams that aren't 6'1", 240, playing tight end in this offense where you can't be 6'1", And Spring, Sprinkle is going to have something to say. No doubt what about it. What did Shaq say? No doubt Go about it. Go the extra sprinkle. Mm. I think, we're gonna, I think the Redskins might be going the extra sprinkle. No doubt. This, uh, this, this training camp. All right, so. Well, no, I, I like that, though. And, and, and I, I have to just say, I've been thinking about it lately a lot, especially when I read something about the defense or, you know, the, the defensive backs. I think it's going to be D. Hall. D. Hall someone who's going to be 
It's going to be interesting to see how, when it comes down to it. Yeah. I, what happens to I, him? I, I, I would much prefer to bust Ken's balls today after his country club golf swing situation. But he did write in the six-pack that we had to take D. Hall out of it. So I'll be fair. I'll be fair. We can't use D. Hall. But he's the obvious. He's the obvious one. But he did take the pay cut. But it's awesome because T doesn't give a damn about your six pack. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. (laughs) I don't listen to him. I wait for it on Monday to come out. At like 11.31, I'm going to text like, yo, man. Uh, I know the family's out of town. I know you've got some time on your hands. Let's get that six pack out. Yeah. I mean, but you would imagine. I should have thought the other way because it would have been smarter to think the six pack's not going to be out until later. Yeah, routines thrown off. I get it. I was going to say say don't take it personally, but yeah, go ahead. I'm taking it personally all day. all right, let's see. Let's talk about uh, – I mean, so on Hogshaven, we have this thing called Mason Brennan. Um, and it's a, it's a ritual, a tradition on Hogshaven every offseason. We vote on um, our favorite player. I believe the rule has traditionally been undrafted free agent, um, maybe, maybe sixth rounder, if not only seventh or undrafted free agent, um, who plays his way into our hearts uh, every preseason and then, and then gets cut. Um, generally speaking, or but as typified by the rabid uh, fan love of guys like Colt, Mace, uh, Colt Brennan and our, 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 our boy, local boy, Mason. Um, early, so was, and, and P. Ryan would be the obvious kind of guy because he was a fourth rounder, so he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't qualify. Um, do you have any, any uh, guys you want to throw out? I mean, I got a guy. Uh, I just think coming back off an of injury, the guy's been injured since he was nine. But yep. uh, when you put the time on him, that Keith Marshall sure can fly. And I think if that guy gets out in the open field with a little block and takes off down the sidelines, there's going to be a whole lot of heads turning going, who was that? I think that's a guy that in Nico the preseason. Marley. Well, Nico Marley was the popular choice on the yep. six-pack, and, and I do love that. But Keith Marshall in the open field, if he takes one kickoff back to the house, we're going to be talking about that Keith Marshall. Yep. There's just no room for him on this roster. There just, there just isn't. Well, there's always room for speed. I mean, we'll, we'll, oh, we'll be lucky that there's right no room. Now, yeah, I know. Right. I, I think you'd have right. to prove it yep. starting here in the next couple of weeks for the next six weeks after that. Ebora come through a, through a Phil Taylor out there. Um, I thought about Phil. Yeah. I thought about Phil. He got married up last weekend, you know. No, I didn't think about Phil. Uh, Ride the walrus. Never thought about Phil. I keep thinking about Coop, my boy Coop from last year, who's the guy we wanted to. Yeah, but he was. He all. I mean, he was popular with us, but he never got to the point where. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. I just, I just miss Coop. I do miss Coop. With it's with ninety guys all the way through to the end. You know, a guy like him. But there's going to be that guy. I thought it was going to be Nico Taylor. I mean, I mean Marley, Nico Marley. The last preseason game is going to be so terrible. It's going to be so terrible. I mean, it's going to be the, yeah, everyone's last twenty guys. It already was. I know it's going to be worse. If you can imagine, it's going to be worse. It's He's going to do something, and then the you know, the, then the broadcasters get to talk about his family history and all that kind of. That's true. It's going to happen. If there's a first grade MSI soccer all star game, and they take all the rest of the guys and go play in the other field, that's where we're headed. <laughs> a week before the season starts. All right. So, kind of in line with our. Our Kirk Cousins constant saga and everything else we've been talking about. The question is, what do you do with Nate Sudfeld this preseason? How do you play him? How do you attack? Because you know Kirk's your starter. You're, you're, you're pretty sure. I mean, you, you got Colt as your professional caddy. We're assuming he's made this big jump in terms of being yeah. more ready. I mean, I think we're going with three quarterbacks this season. Right. So it's not like you know him and McCoy are necessarily competing. And if that's true... Then don't you just give Sudfeld just crazy reps in these games? 
when I read what you wrote, you know, as, as football guys, I thought, here's the deal. Uh, you can sit there and scheme all offseason and plan and do this. And, uh, you know, I, I, Andre 3000 said you can plan a perfect picnic, but you can't predict the weather. Can't predict the weather. We're talking about a sore elbow here or a tough hit there or an ankle injury there. There is plenty of reps to go around for Sudfeld and McCoy in the preseason. With that many guys on the roster, 90 all the way through, there's yep. going to be that much more work done. It will work itself out. Yes, there will be a base, but it, it would be, I think it would be a little crazy to put too much emphasis on what the actual game plan will be because it will unfold throughout the course of the six weeks yep. as it does in training camp. And, and those two guys will well, have plenty of chances to show what they're worth. Kirk doesn't need to prove anything in the nope. preseason. Absolutely right? not. Colt McCoy really doesn't need to prove anything in nope. the preseason either. Absolutely not. Sudfeld does for many reasons. Yep. One, to the fan base. Two, uh, to prove what he's been able to accomplish. And three, just in case you need him down the line, not just to be somebody to take over your organization, but as a chip. He may be a chip. If you give him a lot of reps and he goes out there in preseason and kind of opens some eyes, now he's somebody who's in dire need somewhere goes, He's in dire well, need here. We, we're in dire on. need of a I'm guy. I'm saying there, there's a lot of angles here yeah, oh, yeah. as to why Sudfeld should play more. I'm going to jump on YouTube real quick because Colt McCoy certainly doesn't have to prove anything as a backup, but Colt McCoy has had how many reps with Terrell Pryor? How many reps with Josh yep. Doxson? Colt McCoy's got to get in there and get just as much work done. I'm not saying don't get If he's the guy after one play in the season, I'm just saying he hasn't proven anything yet with these guys. He needs just as much yeah. seasoning I'm with, you with that, these though, new receivers as plenty of time. the starting guys. So that's going to be where the questions are asked. Do you think there's any chance Colt McCoy starts the season as our third quarterback? I don't think the odds are in favor of that, but yeah. yes, there's always a chance. Okay, it'd be high. I mean, odds, like I said, I already quoted Outcast once. Don't make me come back. So out. you're just, saying there's a chance? Bombs over Baghdad. I know. <laughs> what, 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 I know. What do you want me to do? Um, I don't know. I, I, all right. So one thing we did this week, we did the player we're most excited about. Um, let's go out on that. Player we're most excited about uh, for the season it was an SB Nation wide thing. Every team site picks somebody. I don't know. You could pick. You could make an argument for ten people. I made the argument for Terrell Pryor. I think he's. It's exciting. You know, the NFL is an offensive league. Our offense is completely built around our quarterback, and Terrell Pryor is huge, uh, and should be thrown at constantly by Kirk Cousins. To me, that's pretty darn exciting. It, I, but you can make the argument for, for just about anyone, so make an argument for somebody. Go ahead, T. I'm going back to the safeties. Mine's Swearinger. I think I, I've read enough about this guy, kept an eye on him, and, and the things you're hearing are, again, in con- same thing I've been saying all night about when, the, when we talked about P. Ryan, when we talked about Jake Gruden and how he's grooming the coaches within their own. He's a guy who's becoming a pro's pro. He understands what's at stake. He understands what he could lose here. He's had this reputation, but then you talk to the people and you read the, the stories about the people who knew him when he was younger, and they're like, that's just not him. He's not a... Fake news. Hashtag facts. Swearing possibly. Swearing. Possibly. But you know I think he's my he's, guy. I, love I think him. he's a guy I that could him. become... I love him. Not only a leader for this team, but someone who can set the tone for this defense which has been sorely lacking for this defense for a very long time. A guy that, through his play, will get the respect of his players around him. And then, with the knowledge that I'm, I'm reading about him and how he's, he's, he's studying film and how he wants to become that, take that next uh, step as a pro, he's going to do it here. That's who I'm most excited about. We've watch. been so bad at safety, generally speaking, um, 
or I should say, we've been so not good. Uh, how about that? Is that a ni- nicer way to say it? Um, Depends on what course you're playing. Yeah, I, or, uh, uh, or, yeah or Red Game. Or Montgomery Village. You know? um, wait, Brian, did you say we had a, a uh, intelligent question from our Facebook? I can't even the, say my yours? guy yet. You see how bad it's no, getting No, go for your here? guy. Go for I'm your just guy. saying, Jonathan Allen, when we all sat there doing Facebook Live at Caddy's on our live broadcast, as excited as I was right then is as excited as I am right now. Local boy, come on back home. Got him for five years at a position of need. And he's an animal beast freak athlete. That's who I'm pumped about for the next half decade. It's going to be fun. He's going to, if he can be – we haven't had a long-term dominant defensive lineman. I mean, think about the teams that have – J.J. Watt comes back healthy. I mean, it, you, it is possible to have a dominant guy on the defensive True. line. He's not a fatty. He's I agree. an athlete. I agree he's both a freak I don't know how dominant he's going to be his rookie season. I think he can be a humongous Some are, some aren't. I mean, it's possible, I guess, is, I guess is the point. If you're good, I if you're dominant – I don't want that expectation on him. I don't think, he, I don't think everybody needs to think oh, he's going to come him. in here and – Oh, it's on him. And be all pro his first year. Oh, I'm not saying all pro. If you're I'm a talking beast, about you're the a beast. Dominant, you're all of pro. watching him become a, a Redskin for half a decade yeah. with that with that skill set, with that size and athleticism. We haven't had a guy remotely. He's gonna close have a lot more that. effectiveness than anybody we've had in that position for a long time, but he's also gonna make a lot of mistakes as a as, as a rookie. Which hey, that's why we even all unbutton our, that's unbutton all. our shirt like Jim Tomasula. Yep. He looks great. By the way. He's in he's in mid season form there. What do you got, Brian? Anything? I do. All right. What do you, okay. Good. Good evening to uh, Facebook. It's a very open-ended question for Stabby. Oh, That's no, true. I, I can. I can pick up the. Yeah. What do you got? Well, first, I think it's important to note that we're starting to get regulars. All right. Well, thank you for coming back. I should say. And also, Joe, Welcome if you're watching, Joe, Beagle. your helmet's on the way. Yeah, we got. We got your helmet. We okay. Got Chris, who's very yep. excited. He was wondering when we were coming back on live. Okay. And well, here we are. Our now. Who Welcome back. Who got, it was just barely Welcome aced back, out in, in a... I've talked about Pam in open forums with my family as a tremendous diehard Redskin fan. A lot of females in my family are, I mean, crucial. You're right up at the top. We're happy to have you back listening. I Most was on your side, Pam. Most controversial decision really was. in the history of this show was the Russian judge Joe voted over, against you. over Pam. I got to be honest. I, I look back, and I, I don't know how that happened. Well, I, I really don't. I look back, and I say, how do we not be the gentleman that we should be? I, I know. To the, the fine lady who's <sighs> willing to join our it's, dumb asses. This is true. It's true. Hey, we'll we, didn't do do it over a, we didn't do it Sorry, over Pam. Evan Williams, though. It was not Evan Williams. That's it true. It was Red Breast. It was Red Breast. We'll have to do another helmet at some point or something. Do we have a uh, question from the masses? We do. Okay. I think the biggest topic of conversation, we've gotten a couple of uh, people chiming in, Edward and Brad, uh, talking about Kirk Cousins. And, I mean, don't want to beat a dead horse necessarily, but I guess what are your guys' thoughts on right now, sort of knowing that there is a deadline, knowing that it's coming up, how do you feel one way or the other? They get them, they sign them up, think people feel good but what does it look like what's the mood given all that we've if they get them tonight well we know how we feel if we get them but they're tagging them for a third time that's how that's how this is going to go um and we're going to have them as our quarterback in 2017 for sure it's going to be a great year and then we're going to be right back in this exact same chair a year from now having this exact same conversation i promise you um so the, the deadline means, means nothing. If, if they sign him to a long-term no deal, it would be the sh- most shocking thing, I think, ever. Um, no deal. 
I don't anticipate a deal getting done before nope. the deadline, but I also don't anticipate any of the negativity attached to that. Yeah. The, the, I'm not an econ major, but apparently you have to be at this point. And this guy is in charge of his situation. I don't think he's screwing us. I think he's looking out for himself. I don't think he's going to take a local deal, but I think he'll take a version of it. And I think if it all comes down to what makes him the happiest, it's right here. And and he's going to be the one that needs to step up. Uh, but that might not happen for another year from today. And he's still our quarterback this year. And we ain't letting him go that easy. Steve, Look, I'm not an econ major either, but every article. What? Every, Your resume. No, I'm not even close. Clearly My says. math sucks. Okay. But every show you see, every show you listen to, everybody knows the number. Why hasn't Redskins just put out the number? We have a number. We, we knew the number last well, not, year. Not it was 19. A number? We had a no, number no, no. two years ago, and it was like one-third this, and you were like, prove I'm it. I'm not debating that. Prove I'm not, it. I'm not, I'm not debating there's that. Not, I don't I'm think just there's saying a number. everything you see, everything you read, everything you hear. I don't think hear, it's as easy as a number is what pe- I'm saying. I'm, not, it's, I'm, I'm doing a black and white now, but I, I think it's not rocket science. Everybody knows where you need to be. The number, Why whatever that, that number is more than 24, so the Redskins are going to pay 24. Why hasn't it been offered? That's all. Maybe it has. Maybe we haven't. Nobody's just talking about I'm just going to say this. The Bill Polian. Why hasn't uh, it been offered? Bill Polian, uh, you know, his rule of thumb as the guy that's put together ridiculous football teams is 15%. Right now at 23.9, it's only 12.5% of our salary cap. Yeah. There's some wiggle room here for what Ken's talking about next year. Yeah. There really is. This is a possibility. It's just like watching the days of our lives, the sands through time. It just doesn't stop. We want ending to it. We are from a quick age. This right now. It's Twitter. It's happening. We're year to year. We're still going to pay. We're still going to pay him. This is not ever going to happen fast. We're moving. So we're still going to pay him. Tiger Woods, y'all. Apartment to apartment. Every summer we pack up our things and we move to the next apartment. And we're like, yeah, great. One year lease. So in the end, in the end, we still pay. End up paying him exactly the guaranteed money he was going to get anyway, minus the. Contract in the years beyond that. Oh no! Oh no, T. No, no, no. no that ship has sailed, yeah, my friend. Yeah, we we're paying him more team. money than anyone's that's ever made we're, in the history of the NFL. That's why we screamed at each other two summers ago. So loud. Oh yes, no, thirty-four no. next chance. year would be near seventy-two, and everybody's talking about that being. Well, but he, that's when he signs his long-term overall. deal. That's when he gets his next guarantee. That's when he gets his eighty million dollars guaranteed. So he's going to get like an eighty million dollar guarantee next season, or whatever. Call it seventy plus the twenty-four this year. Plus the 19 last year, and you're talking about 100 million dollars in cash, guaranteed in his pocket, just for signing one-year leases and asking his friends to help him move every August. I mean, he's got a lot of friends, and he doesn't wear ACL braces, and he buys pizza, and everyone drinks beer, and he's not a douche about it. So, so given that context, okay, the mood in the champagne room of Basement Podcast Studios is going to be, this is expected, and so therefore, how do we think everyone else should feel? Nothing the same? Yeah, uh, yeah, on. absolutely. There's no, there, the, there should be no expectation of deal before deadline. I, I think that's the most rational, like, Ra- rational, rational is a, is a good word, because if you're sitting around there waiting for a deal to happen before the deadline, you're going to get crushed. And if you're going to get crushed and then yeah. come out all angry, it's just, just don't bother. This is what's going down. Yeah, and, I think if if there is the only um, kind of scenario where I see like a deal happening is there's there's an, always an interesting opportunity for them to work out like even a two or three year kind of deal that you don't expect which still where he would still expect to get another contract after it in his you know based on his age. Thirty two is a bit risky. I know it is. Well, he's been risking it so far. He has, and he's not worried about about money. Brian, we got another yeah, Facebooker. So I guess then to kind of just, uh... 
<laughs> nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. I guess to just wrap up the thought then, courtesy of our friend Chris, what do we think that says about how he views his place as a member of this organization? I mean, we saw sort of the, you like that, and uh, how you like me now. and A millionaire employee of the one of the most successful businesses in this country. I mean, if he saw himself as just an employee, that would maybe that you would think that'd be sad. But guess what? He's he's having fun. He's having fun. He's highly paid. He's important. Um, people love him. I'm guessing he's he's in a good spot. I think he's, I think he's in a real good place. Dude's got paid forty five million dollars yeah. to play thirty two football games. Just think about yeah. that for a second. <laughs> I think he's okay. I mean, I think. He's doing just fine. Uh, oh, he's doing fine. And and that's why he's having fun. But I've said it before, and I'll continue to, to say it. I, I, I honestly, deep down, I don't think he wants to be here. All right. Yeah, well, that's a danger. I think that's, that's, a I think that's what ultimately hell, is why this is, doesn't get done. I yeah, don't think that's How about the money that he factor. could get next year, yeah. possibly? And how about the improvement he's shown? I know you think they're Easter eggs, but he's got 10 come-from-behind-or-game-time wins out of his last 30 starts. He's got nine out of his last 30, including four on the road in 2016. The last four come-from-behind drives in 2016. It just keeps climbing up. These things keep climbing up. We've got to remember that's there, and he knows that's there. His agent knows that's there. And 31 other franchises knows that's there. Redskins and Kirk are both playing this close to the vest and smartly. Both of everyone, them everyone in this room, who I think is all reasonable human beings, will be playing this the same exact way yeah. from Kirk Cousins' point of view. That money out there next year is going to be well, absurd yeah. if it's about money. There is a number the Redskins could dangle in front of them. I, I've just argued that they're just not going to dangle it in front of them because there is a number. I, I think ultimately, I mean, I know we all want to win, and we all want to win a championship, and it's very likely he can do that here with what we're building and with his experience involved. But ultimately, he's going to get that money. And I just think there's more to, and I'm not just arguing you, I'm just stating the point again. There's more to the point that he wants to be somewhere where he is actually appreciated and loved by everybody. He is here okay. in the locker yeah. room. Uh, and, and, and in the locker room. How about in the front office? I Can think you he, say 100% I think he, he, he is. loves football. I don't care. You Who said you cares? don't care about the front office. I'm you like to play my football. Point, exactly. But right. my point is, I, in my opinion, I think that's a bigger factor. I couldn't have a possible... I have no comment on what he's possibly thinking. Cause I have no clue, no idea. Well, we'll. I think he's playing. We'll get a little bit of a view. Smartly. Yeah, we'll get yeah. a little view into his mind. Um, the beauty of this whole situation is that they close up shop on July seventeenth, and nothing, nothing could even possibly happen again for for another year. So um, it'll be conversation worthy, uh, but there'll be no actionable, uh, you know, thing that anyone can do. So. We'll sit in limbo for another year. It's going to suck out loud, I'm sure. Um, but I thought we handled it well last year. It's not like we, we looked at every game through the lens of, is he our guy or not? Um, and I don't think that'll be the case this year. Uh, but we will be here. That'll be season two of After the Whistle, uh, watching the Kirk Cousins situation very closely. Um, and I think um, on in, in terms of, I think we can all agree, I, I think we all agreed that Jay Gruden is, is the man. I think that's, you know. and That's my dude. You're my boy, Jay. And um, good luck to uh, all those nationals tonight in the All-Star game. Hopefully 
And th- thankfully, it's meaningless again. Hey, listen to our mess around later. We'll talk yeah. more about the Nets. We'll go through. We'll go through the, on the mess around. Thank you so much to, uh, well, obviously to Keegan who miscolorized my hair. Um, yeah, his phone's messed yeah, up. Yeah, you got to change the change the the yeah. color setting on that. Um, thank you to Tim Strachan. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I don't know. Thank, thank you to you Kevin guys. Ricca. Hey, I'm just happy to be here. Always a pleasure to sit in with uh, P. Twitty. Always good to be here. Thank you, uh, Brian. Thank you. Yes, thank you guys for actually giving a damn about the the greatest franchise in professional sports. Tell your friends. Invite one. Stage manager PJ. Stage manager PJ. PJ PJ rocked the house. There you go, dude. (laughs) We'll be back again next week for another episode of Off Season on the Brink on the Audible.